This is High School Not So Much a Musical, a podcast that takes you on a ride through the peaks and valleys of a high school journey. Here are your presenters, Nitin Jalodanki and Ayush Agarwal. So we talked a lot about politics, or sorry, no, I talked a lot about your law experiences now and kind of why you shifted from law to teaching. So now we can talk a little bit more about teaching itself. So uh, obviously, as Rishi mentioned, teach, you teach AP government and politics. So could you talk about the importance for high schoolers to learn about AP government and politics? And if you could also talk about some of the other capstones you teach and what those are about, what are the importance of those, etc. question to me to ask what is the importance of taking this class I don't, I don't like what is the importance of taking biology well I mean if somebody wants to go into bio it only works for people who want to go into biology yeah pretty much you don't think you learn anything from biology if you don't use it well, I think, I think, I think if you don't go to biology, if you don't, you know, I think get a science degree, I don't understand. That. I think the, the amount of in-depth knowledge that you learn from AP biology, a lot of it is useless if, you, if you're not going to get a science degree, right? Otherwise you could just like learn like basic, basic biology. I just never thought of my education that way. I thought, I always thought of my education as teaching me to, to think and ex giving me multiple experiences. And those experiences or some of those experiences would be of great interest to me that I'd want to study them more. For me, it was history and economics. I love those classes. Um, by far my favorites. And I don't know, but I wouldn't say that like taking AP bio turned me off to bio biology or that I thought it was a weight learning. That it was teaching me how to think or, or how to digest scientific information, I guess. I don't, I don't know. I just never thought about it that way. But I guess what I always tell students is that I think government is the most important class that you'll take because I think no matter what you do in life, government and politics should relate to you because you live in a democracy and part of living in a democracy is this need to participate. And we want people participating. <laughs> we have plenty of people participating who have no clue <laughs> what's going on or how to think about issues um, or, you know, relationships among um, different political institutions. So to me, it's the one class that is going to definitely relate to everyone. I don't think that you're being honest with yourself if you say, boy, I didn't need to know I mean, if you're evaluating the courses like this, I don't know how you could walk away from AP Gov and saying, I don't need to know that. Because how can you 
live in a democracy and say that you don't need to understand how it works. So, that's me. I'm very biased, though. I don't know if you know that. Um, but I do think the class is super important. And I think that students, I think, you know, when you sit back, and I mean, maybe Ayush and Nitin, you're at this point already, but maybe at, at definitely at some point you'll look back and you go, wow, Gov was a pretty easy class now that I look at it looking back. But I think it's hard for students, for most students in ninth grade, there are plenty of students who it's not hard for, and that's fine, that's great. But I mean, hopefully I add something new or some new kind of thinking about it for you. But I think for a lot of students at the first glance, it's difficult because they've never had to think about the information that they're learning in the way that the course requires. That they've never had to, you know, they've learned about um, the executive branch, the legislative branch, and the judicial branch. But they've never really learned, and they've learned about checks, the idea of checks and balances and separation of powers. But I don't think that they've ever learned how they all connect and work together, and certainly not to the extent of thinking about influences of other institutions like political parties and interest groups and the media and how that all connects together and certainly not the in-depth look at civil rights and civil liberties that are required of the courts. But I've had plenty of students and plenty of parents who come and say, you know, I now feel like I can listen to the news or watch the news and I know what's going on makes sense to me. I understand when, you know, the implications of a Supreme Court justice saying he's retiring and how it works, you know, and why it's, why the, why this Supreme Court justice is doing this now. Why is he retiring now while the Democrats control both houses of Congress and the White House? Why is he doing that now? And what is that going to look like? And what kind of justice is this person is this president going to pick and why is that important why does that matter um that that's important and that when they see someone like you know mark zuckerberg or something get called to testify in front of congress that they understand you know not just what's happening well i guess like literally what's happening right like why is mark zuckerberg there and why is he answering questions and why is he doing what he's doing? But also, what are the motivations of the politicians who are calling him to do that? You know, why is this congressman asking these kind of questions? And why is this congressman asking, you know, those kind of questions? And what is the goal here? And what are they hoping to do? And what is, you know, why is Facebook in front of Congress? Or why is Congress dealing with Facebook at a time when, you know, we have so many other things going on. But I think that it's really important for people to start thinking about that. And the other thing is that I hope it gets kids, you know, kids, I shouldn't say kids, young adults involved into voting and participating at a minimum. Um, because um, the most ignored group, right? You have voting power but you're probably the most ignored and least cared about because you often don't vote and you don't pay taxes. Or you don't pay the kind of taxes, you know, that someone in their 
you know, older years, not older years, but older than a young adult would be paying. So I want, I think that in order to be a better democracy, we need to have more diversity in voices. And I think that young adults are someone who can more, I guess. Um, How's that? Did that answer your question? Yeah, I think that like does a really good job of answering our question because like you were saying that AP Gov was probably like one of the easiest APs that we took. And I think that because we took the AP online, it was a lot easier because I think Ayush can testify for this that the multiple choice is brutal for Gov. Like it's one of like there's so much memorization that you have to do. Which makes yeah, sense. It's not, it's not memorization. Any, I mean, it's not strict memorization, right? Yeah. Like, you have to memorize. Like, you have to know the terms. Monster vocab. To know how to, to, know how to apply them. Yeah. So it's, that's what, it's that's a like lot more application. Vocab. Yeah, exactly. Because if you don't understand divided government and, you know, hyper-partisanship and party polarization... You're not going to be able to answer a question about like, um, you know, yeah. Uh, if they gave you a chart that showed that party line voting has increased in the last 30 years, then what does that mean for um, government, uh, the Congress's ability to pass legislation? Well, because of party line voting, uh, we're going to have hyper partisanship, which is going to mean that compromise is far less likely to happen which is going to lead to divided government. I mean, excuse me, which is going to lead to gridlock, which is just going to mean there's going to be less bills being passed. So you have to understand those terms to be able to analyze. And students who understand that sooner have a much easier easier time in the course. But I feel like at some point, there's a light bulb moment for, for kids. You know, it might not be till March when we go back and, you know, review the, or excuse me, April, and go back and we review the whole year. So you're like, oh my God, now I see how it connects. For some kids, they see it right away. But for some, there's a delay. At some point, there's a light bulb moment. If, you know, if you're not a puddle on the floor during class and not paying attention. Yeah, I don't think Nathan had that light bulb moment. Yeah, wait. So, moment. He did great. Honestly, like the the thing that was the worst in Dr. Parsons' class was like that there was like 25 page college board packets where we had to like uh what is it? Analyze each of like the sources. I know that Rishi was talking papers. about that. Those were brutal. Federalist papers? Yeah, the Federalist papers and then Brutus and then we had there were like 25 pages from college board and then we had to like everybody ended up doing them in one night and it was like it was like one of the hardest things in the whole course because they asked such like specific questions and if you didn't understand it you just couldn't answer it at all <laughs> you can thank the college board for that yeah it was it was it was brutal but like i think that transferring it to a 45 minute test was like a lifesaver for all of us to be honest, I think the test for COVID was one of the hardest ones, to be honest. Really? I thought it was Yeah. I thought it was way easier than the ones that we took in class. I think that they graded it more harshly. 
maybe i think i think yeah, they may have done that uh, i saw a slight dip in scores but not major but definitely slight um you asked me about other classes so right now i'm teaching one on crime and punishment which is basically um goes with what would you say three institutions three to deal with um, the investigation of crime, the prosecution of crime, and then, you know, um, prison. So it's policing, it's court and prosecution, and then it's, you know, prisons. And so students are learning all about those three things. Um, right now, we're reading a novel called The New Jim Crow, which talks about um, prison kind of being the current uh, system, keeping um, minorities, um, African Americans and Latinos, kind of in a um, because of the way um, uh, are being prosecuted. Um, and, uh, we investigate policing and other things and we're investigating we're on corrections right now because we're at the end of the class and um, so I think students would tell you they're learning from that class um, that good and bad things there are some methods behind policing that aren't working and there are some new methods coming out in policing that seem to be uh, working. And that um, hopefully some of those get adopted more, more nationally than how they are localized right now. Um, they've learned about, you know, plea bargains and overcharging, um, how kind of defendants have, especially um defendants who can't afford their own attorney how they kind of have the deck stacked against them and then in corrections we're learning about recidivism rates and um uh, private prisons and um kind of the negatives of pleading to a felony and what that means for you and the rest of your life but, um, yeah, I think it's interesting. I think, um, I think about something that is very relevant right now and hot. And so I keep a little more uh, in depth look at what might be some issues. The system. So, like, I wanted to get your opinion on cheating. And, like, like I, I know that sounds bad, but basically, I feel that nowadays, the people who cheat or collude are going to be the most successful in the, like, later in life. Because, like, or, or I have an idea for you. Like, with your class, you should give, you should give them a test, right? And say, you guys are allowed to cheat. And then you have to find the people like that are working with each other and give them all a hundreds, right? Or give them the grade that they get. And the people who don't cheat, they get a zero because like, there's never going to be a moment later in life where like, you're not going to be able to work with someone. So like, I feel like in high school, like, 
we should be taught how to cheat so we can be successful. You want me to answer this one? Yeah, I want to know like your opinion on it. There's a difference between cheating and collaborative effort. Okay, I mean collaborative effort on any, tests. In any area, if you pass off your work, at, someone else's work as your own, it's cheating. If you're a lawyer and you do that, you can be disbarred. If you're a, uh, if you're a worker for any company and you pass off someone else's work as your own, you can be terminated for that. If you're the opposite, you should learn not to do that in high school because I feel like the stakes are less. We're a little more forgiving. If you do that in a university, you're, uh, you're toast. If you turn in a research paper that you cheated on, are you kidding me? You're, uh, you're, you're in trouble. I don't know where you're going with that one, Rishi. Oh, no, I, I meant way out there. No, I meant that like, why, why don't like, why don't high schools implement like collaborative testing? Like where you work with a partner to take a test because like later in life, you're going to be working with more people. That's not cheating. That's not cheating. Um, so I don't, I mean, collaborative testing. I feel like we, we, we could have, I mean, we may not call it testing, but there's definitely collaborative. That's definitely. So you think you want more collaborative assessments? Yeah, because that's actually beneficial. You know what always you know what happens there is that there's always someone who has done more of the effort than other there's always gonna be someone who, oh, this is collaborative, so I can just make sure I'm with my friend, she knows everything, and then I can just slack off. But then you're gonna tell me that when you go to the real world there are people who slack off too and still yeah sure but does it mean that in an academic institution it needs to be accepted or taught but i feel like as a teacher you would know okay like there is this person they 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 aren't that like they don't they're not very hard working and then there's this other person who also isn't very hard working so you could group those two together so they would put in equal amounts of effort and then like you could take the two nerds and you can pair them up together so like you can do that, do that. Why? because so then you make sure that everyone's like working the same amount rishi what are you talking about I don't understand the benefit of that. Because you have to get, you have to practice getting so used to put, collaborating. If I put Nitin and Ayush together, how does that benefit them and benefit me? I because, don't understand that. Because you're not expected to know everything later in life. So like now, Ayush and Nitin, they don't know everything. So they can work together to get the answer. Rishi, I think we should move oh. on. Okay, okay. Okay, well, the question that I had was... I'm not allowed to see Rishi on that one. Rishi is like... All right, no comment on Rishi anymore. But 
the one question that I had was, why do you do the cake day in class? Like, what's the point of it? Because I don't see, I don't, I don't think I learned much from it, but it's probably my favorite day of gov. So why do you bring cake to class? And like, what does it actually teach the students? You don't remember layer cake and marble cake federalism? I remember the cake, but I don't remember what they actually like mean. Was when the federal government and the state governments had separate powers and never mixed. Federal government never tried to regulate something that was in the state sphere of influence. And so we refer to that as layer cake federalism. Because they stay in their in their in their zones. But then in marble cake was it exemplifies cooperative federalism when the federal government starts kind of introducing itself to to state issues mostly social policy out of need from the great depression and why do i do the cake thing because it's, it's something fun and students remember it and why not okay well my last question is what like i remember for like ours the class of 2023 there was one word on monster vocab that literally nobody got and like why why did you make monster vocab so hard for us like nobody got that one that one word by the time you got to the ap exam did you find the ap exam easy yeah but okay yeah i i guess that works what are we talking about? Are we talking about the difference between what is it, mandatory spending and? Uh, I know there was the oh co- it was caucus because everyone thought you were referring to like the elections, but you were talking oh. about like the in in Congress or something. Caucus versus um, party caucus. Yeah. Like we, I remember there was like a group of like fifteen people. And we like made a group chat and we were trying to figure out what the one word was because each of us took the each of us took the quiz like five times and we couldn't figure out what that one word was. My memory's not that great. So I have no idea. But that would make sense. I think on the list now it says party caucus and um, congressional caucus. Okay, okay, I said it was the last question, but I want to ask one last thing. Why did we use LegSim? Like, it was probably the most difficult thing that I've ever used in my life, the whole software. Oh, yeah, I don't use it anymore. I don't know, something fun. A teacher had recommended it to me, and we thought we would try it out. It, uh, it bogged down the whole thing. I thought it was too much, and it took too much of our time. And And quite honestly, I think that students get enough out of it in what I do, what I'd done before that, and what I do. You're see, you're talking about. I know some teachers don't change their class from year to year, but I do. I change my class quite a bit. I know there's stuff that repeats, but I mix stuff a lot. I change. I change up questions, I change up the slides, I remove activities, I shift them around. So um, asking me about a class, uh, what would it be? Three years ago, two years ago? It's different. But I will tell you, tell you this, that um, the project is now what it was before and that 
you're assigned the role of a congressman uh, still, but you just have to write a bill and then it's uh, and then we have a two day simulation with committees and full Senate where you try to get your bill passed. But aside from that, it's not a full. What did we do? Sem a trimester? I can't remember. Two tri we never got to do our full Senate, right? Because then COVID came and we never got yeah, to yeah. it, right? Mm -hmm. no. <laughs> yeah, you guys were the first year of Legislim? Or second? I think uh, it's two years. No, but then we were. Then we, we were, were second, second, I think, right? Second. You because... must have been second. Yeah. Okay. But I think it was the first year that we tried to like really go into it and do everything that it was offering. It was just too much. It was just too complicated. Like half of our class couldn't find like the login for it half of the time. I don't know why. Yeah, and then like where to put in the certain things, it like it didn't make sense. Yeah, developer to go in and uh, redesign the whole site. Do you remember the stuff with like the caucuses that people were forming? Like, I used to remember Freedom Caucus, Freedom Caucus, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Liberty Caucus. What was that for? I don't even remember. Ledson. Vishak, Vishak Form was a caucus and then try and influence other legislation. Interesting, but again, the way it's set up is caucus. so. Who did? Aster. And we did one huge Senate, right? Like all four classes were in one Senate. Yeah. Do that again, but just take it outside of Legislin. The whole creating caucuses and all that seems really interesting. People were making like promotional videos and stuff for their caucuses and stuff. It was like yeah, a mess. Well, I did one too. I did a I did a House Minority Leader promotional video. I remember. I have that downloaded. I remember that one. <laughs> didn't you run? Didn't you ran too? No, I didn't win. Sean appointed me to the um. Sean appointed me to like the, I forgot. It was like some leader of some party or something. What school? What happened? Sean's still at school. Yeah. I haven't seen him. He's oh. he he walks by your, your office every day to entrepreneurship. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um idea of doing this like mock election where like the class could do like different roles like media campaign managers interest groups and like run a whole campaign throughout the whole school and like put the school in different um put different like the school in different states with different voting requirements but i haven't been able to do that yet it hasn't got the okay <laughs> i think that could be potentially pretty interesting as well 
I was the chair of the armed forces committee. That's what I was. Congratulations. But I feel like you ran for minority leader or something. No, no I feel like I, I saw it. I remember a video speech for you. I used made one. I never made one. I used. Hmm. I can send it to you. I have it downloaded. I think the interesting thing for those things yeah, you is use it as an example for everyone else's. Differences from classes, like it, within a given year, like different sections. Some sections will go like super crazy into it, and some will be like super silent and not as outgoing in like these things. And then others will be okay, and then some will just be super intense, like. Go into it. It's just it's always interesting the differences among classes. It just I think I think our class was like a mixture of super intense and super humorous. Probably because I had your classes. Ayusha didn't. You were in the same class, right? And it was like second period. We were first, first period. period. Yeah. First period. Okay, so for you're probably my most energetic second period class I've ever had your second period classes are like still in kind of a sleep coma um they're usually not as participatory for me it's because I had zero period before so I, like I was used to being oh, yeah. you had that to warm up with yeah because like more like sleeping he, he was I fell asleep in economics at least like 20 times during the school year and I always wonder, like, I would want to follow some of the kids to, like, ha- like, there are just some kids in, like, first or second period that cannot keep their eyes open. It has nothing to do with interest. Like, I know that their interest, like, some of them it does. But some it, are, like, they're very interested in the course, but they just can't do it. I kind of, like, would want to follow them throughout the day. Like, at what period do they... uh uh, you know, come out of their coma. <laughs> seventh. Yeah. For me, I fall into it seventh period. Cause um, right after lunch. Yeah, cause Mr. Hansen, like we're doing like some King Lear play right now, and he turns on, he turns off all the lights, so it's like we're watching a movie, and it's like the perfect setting to just fall asleep. In college, I had a uh, first year of college uh, gen ed requirement. I took astronomy. And it was in the planetarium, and uh, I never. It was, and it was an evening class too. It was like six to nine, and so you're in the planetarium. So the seats are tilted back, and they'd always have the lights off because you know he'd have the star maps up and be lecturing. I never made it to that class without falling asleep once, and like I was literally interested in the class. But I couldn't keep my eyes open. <laughs> I think that's like Dr. Van Dusen's class. <laughs> it was rough. What else I can do for you guys? You know the good um, thing about being a lawyer and not practicing law? You still have to pay a fee to be a, a non-practicing like lawyer. Uh, oh, so you're a wait. member of the 
Amer- American. Well, you're American of the. You're a member of the California Bar Association, and so every year I have to cut a check for I think it's like a hundred and eighty dollars to not be a lawyer. Well, for you be, and your wife. Yeah, so it'd be double. <laughs> it, to be inactive. And what that does is I stay inactive. But if I ever want to practice law, I think to be an active lawyer, it's like 400 and something dollars a year. So I have to would have to send in a check for 300, whatever the difference is, right? Between 180 and or whatever it is. I think it's like 300 bucks. So the moment I send that in, I can boom, start practicing law. But if I didn't do that, if I said, no, I don't want to pay the fee. I don't want to be inactive. Then I have to retake the bar exam if I ever want to practice law. And I'm never, ever taking that exam again in my life. So, is it that grueling? I check, no problem. What? Is it that grueling? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. You think it's I, uh, worse than the SAT? Come on. The SAT is easy compared to that. So I was an SAT prep tutor. So I used to teach students. In fact, my first year at uh, Bisbee, um, you know, there was only a junior class. There was no senior class the first year. So three of the students in that class, I had uh, done, I had taught them how to take the SAT. Wait, can you give me tutoring? I need like 10 more points and then I'll be good. (laughs) No. Yeah. Okay. That's the other thing. There is, I there's the difference between 10 points on the SAT. Like, are you kidding me? Like it's one question. Man. When I was in high school, uh, I forget what I was doing. Some reason I was in the library. I had to check something out for a school for some, a project or something. And there was a mom in there with a student who was really smart, like might've been like number one or two in our class. And the librarian was also the college counselor. And the mom was telling the librarian that he had to go take the SAT again because he didn't get a perfect score yet. And the woman behind the counter was trying to explain to her like, if you take it three times or four times and then you finally get the perfect score, it doesn't mean what you think it does to the schools because you've taken it so many times. And she's trying to explain the difference between, you know, what this student had gotten and a perfect score. And it was like, like you said, like one question or like, you know, on average a question and a half or something. And this, they, they would not let it go that he had to register and take it again. And she kept telling them, it's not in your interest to take it. But they wouldn't listen. Like yeah, that is true. You, Ayush. But, but uh, see, we're Asian males that for, go to private for tutoring. Sorry? Ayush was asking me for, for uh, tutoring. Are you the one who was asking for tutoring on the SAT? Yeah, it was him. 
Okay. Sorry, Aish, what were you saying? No, but I, I was saying like us being like Asian males that go to a private school, you know, just, the, ten, the 10 points actually makes a difference for us. Are you just do better and get one question correct? Yeah, Ayush is not the hard. Dude, I need tutoring for that, dude. Trust me. Hey, Ayush, why are you taking the SAT? I mean, aren't most going on with that? Aren't most schools not? It's it's because like everything is stacked against us. Yeah, we're males and we're Asian. (laughs) And a private school in Silicon Valley. (laughs) Yeah. You'll probably be stuck at Duke instead of North Carolina. Yeah, unfortunate. I think there's just, it's, as a parent, I see everything is becoming so competitive. Like now, even, even, you know, academics, or not academics, excuse me, athletics is competitive and clubs are competitive. Like, uh, you know, I played I played baseball in high school. Um, I didn't play on a travel team. There wasn't really this emphasis on travel teams when uh, when I was in high school. Uh, but you know, you played you know little league or whatever, and you could get on the high school baseball team and play and all that, and you know, get looked at or you know, put it on a college application or whatever. And like now. Yeah, you like you were playing little league, like playing it, you know, three months a year isn't enough. You have to like commit to a sport, one sport, and play it 12 months a year and be on a travel team that, you know, does it in the fall and then another one in the spring. And then it's just everything is getting way more intense. It's crazy. Yeah, I miss like the elementary school for you guys, where you just play like little league and basketball like five six days a week. Yeah, right. My uh, my nephew had to pick between uh, he was on a travel baseball team and a travel hockey team, and he was like, "Oh, I just have to pick one because they're taking way too much of my time." Because he's in eighth grade, he's gonna be going to high school. He was like, "I just have to." uh, give up on one uh so he gave up on on baseball and he's playing hockey he was like yeah and Bellerman because he's going to Bellerman he was like yeah Bellerman baseball team like if you're not on a travel team you're not making the high school team (laughs) that's just crazy uh I just I feel for you guys it's rough yeah anyway um does anybody else have anything to add? I think like we, at Dr. Parson, we normally do a tips question at the end of every podcast. We like ask our um, guests, like give any tips to the audience. So like, if you have anything to tell the audience, it's just free time for you to say anything you want. Oh God. <laughs> Literally anything like uh, high school, uh law, Ooh, law. i had the whole like work in a law office uh thing <laughs> yeah yeah isn't that yeah. enough yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay well 
I Rishi, do you have anything else to say? Uh, no. I'm just Be saying. Besides I felt kind of tests. Yeah, like I just I felt kind of left out because like like no one asked me any questions, but the, I guess that's fine. I'm supposed to be asked the questions, and you're supposed to do the asking. Yeah, but like yeah, I mean, you guys were talking about stuff that I didn't get to experience because I was online. That's tough. Uh, how's your sister? There's a question. What? How's uh, your sister doing? She, she's how's college apps going for her? Uh, I mean, she she only got one one decision, and that was from Purdue Computer Science. Her stuff. What? Don't share her decisions. Oh, oh, okay. Ask you a question. Are you? How about this? Uh, Rishi, why, when you were on distance learning, did you always have that microphone in your face that you could never adjust? Oh, oh, basically, I thought it would be cool to get Richard, one. Do you want to turn your camera on and show us? Uh, no. So, basically, I thought it's it would be a gigantic cool. microphone. So, basically, the reason I got it was so that I could talk to my friends during class. So, I can mute my microphone, like, on Zoom, right? Or no, my microphone could be unmuted on Zoom, but then I can mute the microphone that was in front of my face. So, like, then I could talk to my friends. But also, if a teacher ever had to ask me a question that I didn't know, I could unmute and then mute that microphone and be like, oh, like, text in the chat, my microphone's not working. No, but it's smart, especially in our in our literature class, where all we and did Spanish. was and Spanish. yeah, and Spanish, where all we did was analysis and talk in a language that we have no idea, like how to say anything, and it's smart. Oh yeah, that's another point. I think foreign language in high schools is really irrelevant, um, because I think all high schools. Richie, should... just because we've had bad experience with foreign language doesn't mean that it's bad for everybody. Okay, but wouldn't it be a really good idea to teach high schoolers like? ASL, because that's something that would actually get them a job in the future, not knowing how to say, like, how are you in Spanish? Rishi, I don't know what we're going to title this podcast. We've been talking about everything. Yeah, I just want to get Dr. Parsons' opinion on foreign, foreign language. language I took in college. What? ASL. Really? You know what foreign, yes. Yeah, well, why can't bassists teach ASL? They're not going to hire a teacher and pay them high enough for that. What? I don't know. ASL would be interesting. Yeah, I think because... get a lot of yeah. students interested. Yeah, like, but I'm pretty it... sure... Oh, yeah. There's no AP exam for ASL. <laughs> but not that many people take AP Spanish anyway, and there's not even, like, an AP French. Like, I'm pretty sure a lot of kids in Spanish and French would be more than happy to leave that class and take ASL. Okay, that's all yeah. I had to say. All right. Let uh, Miss Cold know about it. Okay. Yeah. I don't think it's a bad idea, Rishi. Very good idea. I'm very good. She said not bad. <laughs> uh, all right, guys. I have to go to bed and cry over the 49ers. <laughs> was it like, was it two, three points or something? Three I don't know, points. my dad was... Football is, football is really irrelevant. I only watch <laughs> basketball. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool.
Sorry, guys. How do you feel about Tom Brady's retirement? They were saying it's not even confirmed yet. Isn't that the story today? Yeah, like last night they were saying that it was, but then this morning they're saying it isn't. Yeah. Someone put together a joke, because it was Adam Schefter who tweeted it, that Tom Brady was retiring. And so someone put together a tweet and was like, it was like from Adam Schefter saying, uh, I can confirm the Chiefs will be playing the 49ers in the Super Bowl in two weeks. Oh, wait, the Super Bowl is really soon. Bro, I hate Super Bowls because I invite all my friends and then we get Taco Bell and like our shits are absolutely massive the day after. And like, oh, oh. Mike, I feel disgusting after Super Bowls. Okay. Um, Thank you for that. What happened? Rishi? I didn't mute him. Oh, I unmuted. Yeah, no, mute him permanently. Oh, okay. Okay. Okay, well, I think that's like the end of our podcast. So thank you so much, Dr. Parson, for taking your time to come on the podcast. And uh, thank you so much to our listeners for listening to this podcast. And just make sure you look out for future episodes. Thank you. All right. Take care, guys. Bye-bye. That's our show for today. Now roll the credits. High School Not So Much A Musical is hosted by Ayush Agarwal, Nitin Jaladanki, and Rishi Sinha. Narration by Samhit Kadala. Music from Louis Luang Relaxation Cafe, Tune Pocket, and Infraction. If you like the show, please recommend it to your friends and family. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.